0: What's up, everybody? It's Real with Jordan and Demi. My guest today is Gail. We first had her on when ABCDFU was blowing up, and now we get to talk about everything that's happened since then. She's been opening up for Taylor Swift on the Eras Tour. In fact, she's on all the dates in May. Basically, she's on the tour through Memorial Day. So we talk about that and how she got to know Taylor Swift. In the interview, we talk about her latest single being Everybody Hates Me. Since we recorded this interview, she's actually released a new single, Don't Call Me Pretty. And if you're watching on popdust.com, you can stream that single below this video. So here it is my latest interview with Gail. Didn't interview with you about a year ago, as ABCDFU. It was the week it went into the top ten. Was when we interviewed you for context. Um, so it's been a while. It's been a wild ride for you the past year and a half or so. Um that's, There's so much we could talk about, but I want to do what your publicist would want us to do and talk about your latest single first. Everybody hates me. It's Dimmy who's not here today. She commented that it sounds punkier. Than your previous singles, it's kind of got that heavy bass. so tell us tell me about the sound of of this single.
1: Well, so I wasn't necessarily able to tour a lot um, before ABC. I was fifteen when the pandemic started, and there wasn't necessarily a lot of touring opportunities for like thirteen and fourteen year olds um, right. frankly so, pretty understandable. And so I hadn't even been to like Ohio before ABC had come out. and so I was so lucky to have this song change my life and it gave me so many incredible uh, touring opportunities. And with that, I really discovered that I love live music and I love performing live and I love performing with my band and I hadn't necessarily had the opportunity to perform with the band in a really long time. And then I was out on the road for a year and I was really lucky to be able to tour with AJR and tape it and have my own headlining um, shows and do some shows of my chemical romance. And I started covering um, Bad Reputation and I just loved the intensity of it. And I loved the way people reacted to that song. And I also, I watched this movie in quarantine when I was 15 and it was called Almost Famous. And I just saw the intensity of like a small packed room filled with sweaty people, just like ready to see a rock show. And I was like, wow, like, I really love that and I was really getting inspired by that and for me as I'm growing I just want to try my best to continuously be changing my music and either moving it in subdirection, direction whether it's forward or backwards I'm just trying not to like always keep it in the same space and so I've really just been inspired by the intensity of rock and alternative music and so I've been trying to take that inspiration and put that into more of like a pop space because I'm just normally more of like a pop writer. So it's taking alternative and like alternative inspirations then putting it into pop music.
0: Yeah. Well it sounds amazing. It sounds it sounds like it was um recorded in a furious like two hour session or something. Yeah. Um yes. in a good way. In a good way. Thank um you. yeah and, and by the way, a side note almost famous the band in there, especially that song Fever Dog that's in the like it sounds like a real song from the seventies. And that's mm-hmm. When, I, when it comes to like musical movies, I always love it when the band feels like a real band. Like the band in the movie yeah. feels like a real band. So yes,
1: no, it, it all felt very real, and I was just like, I, I want to do that. I mean, there's some things that they did that I maybe wouldn't necessarily be like, I want to do that. But there's there's a few things where I was like, that looks like fun.
0: Yeah, and it showed, you know, and I I'd appreciate that you wanted to be the band on the stage. You didn't want to be the groupies. You didn't want to be Penny Lane. You wanted to be up on stage. I
1: wanted to be the rock star. I That's saw that. right. I like, that looks like fun.
0: That's right. Did you know that from the that your Wikipedia page photo was uh, was like a screenshot of our live stream? From yeah. it was like that I for know, like a year.
1: For so long, my brother gave me so much crap about that. It was so funny every day, almost every day. I don't know
0: why where that came from.
1: I don't know who did that, and I on I have to be honest. I tried to change it. And I don't know what well, it
0: finally changed but... and I didn't, and you know, it was, it was, it was cool to have like a photo from our show. And, but like, it was the least flattering. It was like, your mouth was like half open. I like, you know, I, yeah. It was like, Be careful how
1: I look in this interview. It might now be the new Wikipedia page after like.
0: You, you, you look great. You look great. You got a nice glow coming in from the window. You're fine. You're fine. You're fine. Yeah. yeah
1: thank you yeah it's so funny my brother thought it was hilarious that like the worst photo of me was on my wikipedia he tried to change it because he knows how wikipedia works better than me i don't know who changed it but it got changed but yeah it was really that was so funny
0: yeah it's happened to other people we've interviewed there's a wikipedia editor who's like on to us who is you do it no you you
1: you you did it you were the culprit
0: Let's that, be a, It was an inside job. That's you right. That's job. right. Oh
1: That's actually pretty, pretty smart of a tactic, though.
0: You're like, oh yeah, no. it's not bad. It's not a bad idea. And I almost want to like send authorized. I think it has to do with like authors, because I feel like a lot of Wikipedia photos are from like meet and greets or like fan photos from like a hundred feet away and like zoomed up on your face. So I don't know what the rights issue on getting a Wikipedia photo. On, I don't, I don't understand. Yeah,
1: I, pref- I would have preferred a slightly different screenshot, personally. Yeah,
0: why didn't they at least like scroll through, like spend ninety yeah. seconds and find you a little bit more flattering shot? A little
1: bit of a different angle would have probably yeah been appreciated by yeah. me.
0: It's also dated because you can see like the uh, the 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 cord from the ear from the earbuds hanging down.
1: Um, my dark circles still, from not sleeping. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So you've spent a lot of time on tour. And obviously we've we talked about your love of being on stage, being um how do you maintain a healthy lifestyle? Are you eating cheeseburgers? Mm -hmm. Are you exercising? What do you do to stay when you're on the road to, to keep it together?
1: Well, I've started to learn that my body really affects my voice, which is pretty obvious when you think about it. I just wasn't necessarily always thinking about it, like if you hear like, oh, you sound tired. Like I sometimes like it can affect your voice. And I kind of learned that like, I can't run my body down because it's going to run my voice down. And also just like as a human being level, like you just shouldn't be running your body down. And I think for me last year, it was so many incredible opportunities were coming out. I just wanted to say yes to everything because it all felt like once in a lifetime opportunity. And I was trying to take advantage as this moment as much as in the best way that I knew how to. And it was a lot of pressure that I was putting onto myself. And there's a few things that I had to cancel because I got sick and I physically wasn't able to or wasn't benefiting me or it was literally hurting me to do those things. And it was really mm-hmm. hard for me to figure out where i'm like maybe doing something i don't want to do and like it's okay because maybe i'm a little tired and then there's a level of like if you don't want to do it you just shouldn't do things that you don't want to do and so that's something i'm still learning like i'm a perfectionist and i'm a people pleaser so i want to be perfect all the time and do everything great and please everybody and do everything but like i'm a human being and i'm not a machine and there's so many incredible opportunities that you i just can't do everything i just can't do everything and so that is something I've really had to learn in the past year, that I'm not superhuman, I'm not perfect, and I can't do everything. And there's things I can do that maybe I don't want to do because I'm tired or whatever, but I shouldn't have to do anything I don't want to do that can hurt me. And that's kind of a really beautiful lesson that I've been able to learn and that I'm really taking into this year is like, you know, I have this incredible life and, you You know, my worst fear is looking back thinking like, what if I tried harder? What if I did this? And like, I know that I'm trying the best that I can. And I also know that there's no rule book on how to do this. There's no rule book on how to make a song successful. There's no rule book on how you make another song successful or how what happens after a song is successful and what that does for your career. It's different for every single person. And so for me, I'm really focusing on just what makes me happy and what I feel like is benefiting me and my career and helping it elevate in ways. And I'm just really excited to be here and I'm really glad that I get to meet people and connect with them and get to go around the world and make music and meet people. It's been pretty, pretty great.
0: Let's talk about Taylor Swift. I'd love to. Yes. Let's start with the first time you met Taylor in person. Mm -hmm. Tell us the situation and what that was like
1: it's still like, it's so Mm -hmm. uncomprehendable to me. Like, and also the fact that this hasn't all, this happened pretty, all pretty quickly. So, um, Oh, I'm here. I was like, oh, oh." okay. Um, so I was at this award show called the NSAI awards, which stands for Nashville songwriters association international. And, um, NSAI has done a lot for the songwriting community, basically just fighting for royalties and they just do a lot for the songwriting community and specifically they do a lot for the national writing community. And so there's an award show and my song was getting honored for one of the 10 songs that I wish I would have written. So writers are part of NSAI. Um, basically voted me and my best friend song to be awarded that night. And Taylor Swift was getting honored for writer slash artist of the decade as the queen should. And so I, I didn't particularly think she was going to be there. I knew that possibly she could and she is in Nashville and I know her team is well, I, I don't, I didn't know, but I was like, I know that like maybe some of her team is in Nashville and a lot of people she works with is in Nashville. So I was like, maybe she could be here, but I don't know. Like, you just never know. And I also was like, I don't know if I'd even like be near her or anything. And I also don't want to be like creepy either. So I'm just going to like show up and play with my band. And plus my best friend, her and I were one of the only pop women getting an award that night and getting to perform that night. And so that was not something I took lightly. And I knew that was an opportunity that not a lot of women in Nashville get to have. So I wanted to. Take it, and I brought my band, and I did the angrier version of ABC, and so many things went wrong. I had a strapless dress on, and I had my mom put straps on it, and they broke as I was playing, and I wasn't wearing a bra, and my stress kept falling down and down and you down. You had to keep off.
0: adjusting while you were singing. You had to like.
1: I couldn't. I was playing guitar, so I just had to pray. I just had to hope. I just had. To, I just had to have faith, and I did not have a lot of faith. I did not have a lot of faith, and my necklace came off. My necklace fell. My earrings fell out of my ears. I almost tripped and fell because I
0: was wearing heels. You started falling out of your mouth. No, I had a bloody nose. Like my
1: lip, I had red lipstick. I literally put on red lipstick because I was like, if Taylor Swift's going to be here, I'm going to wear red lipstick. Like I got to represent, I got to represent. And so my red lipstick was getting like smeared all over my face. And I went off stage and then I went back on to accept my award. And then I went back to my seats and then my drummer started texting me like, go backstage, go backstage, go backstage right now, right now, right now. And I was like, okay. And I, I think he was like, Taylor, somebody Somebody came out kind of being like, oh, where's Gail? Like Taylor would love to say hi. And I was like, what? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And then I was a little freaked out because I was like, okay, she asked for me. But, like, my best friend is the biggest fan of Taylor Swift. Like, we both just, like, absolutely adore her and love her. And we literally moved to Nashville because of her. And then I was like, would it be weird if she asked for one person then I bring three because then I bring my manager and then my best friend. And then I had, like, a pass that let me go backstage because I was performing. But my best friend did it. But I was like, you know what? We're just going to take her awards. And they'll be like, see, you have to let us backstage. We, we were just all on the stage. And um, then – right next to the stage was Taylor's green room. And so then she stepped out and I saw this goddess of a woman and she was like so complimentary and just so nice about my performance. And then she congratulated me on everything that's happened with ABC. And then I was like, congratulations to me. Like, congrats to you for being you and artists of the decade. I mean, as, as they should. And um, I was kind of terrified. And I I was kind of in this in between because I really wanted to see her as a human being and like just respect for
0: her. You didn't want to be a fangirl.
1: Freak out. Yeah. But I also wanted to like not act like I wasn't, I wasn't gonna lie either. Like I wasn't gonna be like, I mean, I'm freaking out right now, but I'm gonna try and be like, hello musician. Like I was (laughs) trying to like My
0: fellow musician, how are you? Yeah.
1: Hello, (laughs) person music fellow music maker. Like Mm -hmm. I was trying to Be chill. And so then I also just took the opportunity. I was just like, thank you for doing what you're doing for, one, the songwriting community. You've just done so much for us. But for women in music and in pop music in Nashville, like, you've just done so much for us for representing us and inspiring us. And I don't think I'd be where I am if you haven't done what you have done and you've inspired me so much. And then she asked me if what I was doing next year and she asked me if I toured and I was like, I do tour. And then she gave me a, I don't know how to explain it, but she gave me a look while she said it. And she was like, do you open up for people? Like it was like a, and I was like, I open up for people who ask me to open up for them. I don't know why I said that, but I was like, I was looking at her like, are you, are, are, cause I also am like, there's no way, there's no way, there's no way. Because there's no way. There's just no right. way. Like, there's no way. Like right. she's just being nice, which is, which is great. Great great. I'm sitting here thinking like this is the last and only time I'm going to talk to you. Like this is pretty great. Like I'm pretty, this is pretty awesome. Like I was, I was just excited to be here. And now you're here talking to me. Like this is, this is the best day ever. Like this is just awesome. And I was so excited. My best friend was with me. Like we both get to experience this and I can even have a claim. I have somebody to say that this happened. That's pretty (laughs) cool. You know? And then, you know, she just happened to see something in me and she said she was going to call me, and then she did. And
0: I love that she was like timid about asking you to open for her. That she like that she wasn't just like, "All right, here's what's going to happen. My people are going to call your people. We're going to set it up." Blah blah. blah. She was like, she was it. It was like when you're asking someone out and you're not sure if they're going to say yes, and you're just kind of like, "Do she you could've... want to maybe?"
1: On the spot, I could have never gone home and I would have been fine. She yeah. just been like, anyways, go home, pack a suitcase. Not even. She'd just be like, anyways, you're coming with me and you're just never gonna see your family again. I was like, sick, yeah, yeah, great, let's go. Yeah. Cool. No, 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 that's fine.
0: You're in my cult now. Congratulations. Okay.
1: Any, any day, any day, I truly would do anything for that woman. Like, not that she needs me to do anything for her, but I mean, I would. <laughs>
0: now you've you've done how many you've done a part of the leg of the the tour already, right?
1: Yes, I'm very and excited it's, there's a few different like pockets that I'm on, so it's like the first little pocket
0: right. I was trying to read like the little lucky charms insignias on the tour poster that's supposed to represent which act is on which date and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you were like a pastel green guitar or something I was, on the,
1: I was actually a moon. I was a purple. you were a
0: moon. that's where I got the lucky charms thing that's moon, right. yeah yes. yeah.
1: Yes. I actually am going to get that moon tattooed on, on my body.
0: Oh, that's a cool. That's, you know, are you, are you one of those like tattoo like memento collector people? Like you got a tattoo for this and tattoo for that.
1: It's not even that it's the fact that I just want to have tattoos and, and I roughly want them to have some meaning. And yeah. so like, if there's anything I can find a meaning for, I will get it tattooed on my body. Like there's some tattoos that I have where the meaning is that there is no meaning and nothing matters, but there's meaning that there is no meaning, you know, it's the loophole. Cause my mom says every tattoo has to have a meaning. So then I'm right. like, the meaning is that there is no meaning.
0: Yeah. I got gotcha. you. I think. I think, I don't
1: even think <laughs> I understand it but it's working for me right now.
0: We can look forward to a little moon on your neck or maybe, you know, forehead or something. Right on the side, you know,
1: you're
0: going to start looking like a SoundCloud rapper from 2016.
1: My new brand.
0: Yeah. Love it. Love it. Speaking of let's talk about actual music. You have maintained a steady stream of singles, EPs, everything going on. Um, Are you constantly writing music or do you have like a music writing time or how does that flow keep going?
1: When I was younger, it was definitely a lot simpler just because I wasn't touring. So I was just kind of writing all the time. And I also had absolutely nothing going for me. So I was also trying to like make something happen for me by like writing songs and maybe being like, maybe one day this could be a hit or something crazy like that. Um, so a lot of my life is touring and then just producing music and I'm a control freak so it's very hard for me to produce music on tour so most of the time I tour and I kind of come up with my ideas and live my life and I'm just kind of out on the road and then I have the in-between times where I just kind of take trips where I either go to LA and I write for a little bit, or I stay in Nashville and I'm just writing for a little bit. And that's just kind of my in-between right now where it's like, I'm at home and I'm writing or I'm producing something out or I'm on tour and I'm coming with ideas, trying to think about the new direction. I'm, I'm hopefully like trying to come with the project at some point soon. Um, So that's really just like a lot of my life is when I'm touring, I'm trying to come up with songs when I'm not touring, I'm trying to write them and produce them out. And then most of the time, like I am currently not having any plans to really release like a whole project, but any songs that I just really love, I've just been trying to take the time to produce out. And a lot of the songs, or there's like two, two songs, two or three songs that are unreleased that I'm playing on the Taylor set. So I'm just trying to start like teasing those and then produce them out while I'm on this tour and just kind of see if there's any favorites or any requests and know which one to put out, you know?
0: And are you, I feel like you, you, you're you a big alternate version person. You have alternate versions of your songs. Um, you have the Study Human Condition EP. You have the 2.5 version. Um, are you one of those people that, you find it difficult to put a track to bed to say like, okay, we're ready to go. This is it. This is the final version.
1: I'm so indecisive. It's also the fact that I, I feel like part of it is also just because I'm young, like writing a song at 16 and then producing it out and then like touring for six months, your Mm -hmm. viewpoint on how you would produce that song is just completely different. And I like the music I have out. Some like, sometimes I just feel like every song I have out is terrible. Or there's times where I feel like, okay, I have some songs that I like. Okay, because I changed my mind. I changed my mind about it. Like I like it, then I don't like it. And there's times where it's such subtle things like the mix. Like I want to put out an alternate version of like a new mix and they're like, why? Because I'm like, because it's different now. And even like Love Start, like I put out an alternate version of that song because that's just how I would produce it now. Like I would just produce it to be a piano ballad and then just halfway change into a new song. Like that's just how I would do that song now Or there's also, like, other spaces that I heard the song in, but I just decided for the original to go somewhere else. Like, there's times where I can also feel like I want to create something that I – like, at times, I can even feel like I want to do something – like, alternate versions, like the prelude of Indie Cool. I I almost heard the prelude sounding like that, but I wanted to make sure that I wasn't going to get – too inspired by like one specific genre. I didn't want it to sound like it was a copy of something else. So I wanted to like really try my best to make something friendly, edgy, cool and then like not worry about it as much. Cause I try and the originals of the songs, you can kind of argue and go crazy about it. Cause you're just like, what about this bass sound? Or what about this? Or what about this sound? And then when the song's already out it almost gives you a lot of freedom because everything's already been done. So then you can you kind of have the freedom to change everything up because you already did it all before, and you can just be more decisive about the things that you're keeping.
0: Here's a question for you: You're famously started writing music when you were four and a half or something, <laughs> uh, something ridiculous. Do you come across notes from when you were younger, like pre-high school age, that are still have useful lyrics, useful song ideas? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I have some, I've been writing in notebooks obsessively ever since I was like a small child, but I was never able to finish them. So I have just like a bunch of unfinished notebooks and there are some crazy things that I've said, or not even like crazy creative, just some crazy things where I'm like, are you good? Or even like, there's just- You're stuff. surprised
0: that you wrote when you were 10 years old or something? Yeah. Or
1: even there's some choruses where I'm like, that melody is- not Actually, terrible. Like that's not that's not horrendous. Yeah. It's not great, but it's not it's not horrendous. Or there's some songs where I just like didn't know how to write a song, so I would just be like, "The song's done now, goodbye."
0: <laughs> <laughs> the song is done now, goodbye.
1: Like that was so funny. Like a song, like this is the beginning of the song. Here's the middle. I don't know <laughs> what to keep talking about, so I'm done. Goodbye. <laughs>
0: like, Yeah, that, that's that that's, was that's kind of what like, I that's it. kind of what I would say. It was getting. I was there's bits and pieces maybe that you could use. You know, mm-hmm.
1: there is one time I was like reading lyrics. I was like, wow, these are actually pretty good. Like, what is this? And then I realized it was Hopeless Place by Rihanna. I literally was obsessed with that song. And I would just write the lyrics down ever since I was a little kid, like any songs that I loved and I was obsessed with, I would just write down on my notebook. So there was a song or two where I was like, okay. And I was like, this is not my song. This is Rihanna. Like, yep. Yeah, girl me was not blowing my mind. This was me just writing down Rihanna lyrics.
0: And then someday you'll like subconsciously write a song and it'll be just um, I found we found love in hopeless place. Just be like, yeah. yeah,
1: I've actually subconsciously done that before. There's a song of mine called Snow Angels where I accidentally interpolated Cool for the Summer. But then That'll once you're, oh my god, it was so funny. Well, to be fair, like even before I put it out, I realized pretty quickly that it was that melody, and there's no hiding it. Like you just
0: you right, just, right.
1: And it was funny because even in the lyrics, I say stone cold. And then she has Stone Cold. And then I also say, like, Let It Go. And she covered Let It Go for Frozen. Like, I just feel like I accidentally just, Subconsciously. like... Subconsciously? Consciously just had that aura of Demi Lovato. And I was just like, please. And I actually... It's one of my favorite songs I've ever written. So shout out to Demi Lovato for being a writer on that song.
0: And for... Speaking well, of... That song speaking out. of um, young Gale versus current Gale, how has your voice changed vocally? Because obviously you've gone through puberty, you know, 12 year old versus 19 years old, like it's different. So how has your voice changed both the way you write songs for yourself and just what you can and can't do? I
1: think um, I lyrically have just been more willing to just be more vulnerable. And I guess I've been trying to push harder for concepts. I really love thinking of concepts and I've been trying less to have less like throwaways, I guess, and been trying harder to not curse as much in my songs. I obviously love cursing, but I'm trying to, there's an intensity to it that I really appreciate. And so I want to not completely change myself, but there's times where I'm like, okay, maybe if we can say a different word, maybe we'll just try and think about it, like just a little bit more. And um, I found like, one i've just kind of had to learn how to take care of my voice like i use my voice a mm-hmm. lot and talking takes a big toll on your voice and i love belting and i have to be careful with how much i belt it's almost like coins what i've kind of learned is like you have about like 10 coins i have about 10 coins on me and i just got to be careful about how i spend it in an hour and 45 minutes and 30 yeah. minutes and um i've also learned to like pick up nebulizing because i used to like not care. About any of it. And after doing this for a year, I've kind of been like, okay, it's really important to take care of your voice and to take right. care of your body as well. And I feel like my voice has gotten lower, which is something I've kind of appreciated. Um, I do like there's um, – I also have been having more control of like my, my vibrato, which I've been trying. And like I've been trying also to spelt higher notes, and it's been working out for me recently. And I still need to learn how to do like a healthier belt because I don't trust myself. And so like when I'm hitting higher notes, I get a little like too tense and like squeeze a little bit. So I kind of need to be better about trusting myself and letting the notes go up, but it's, it's been getting higher. The notes I've been able to hit, which I've been. Once
0: you get, once you got a little bit famous and you had some money and you had a label behind you, did you like, was it, was like time to get a vocal coach. Did you to like correct it? And it was, was that a whole thing that happened?
1: I've been in vocal lessons since I was like a little kid. When I first started singing, the first thing that I did was go on vocal lessons. Cause it's honestly all my mom really knew how to do. Like she, her whole life played soccer. And so she was kind of like, okay, like when I want to play soccer, they just put me in a team and like I right. was in lesson. So I guess that's kind of what you do is you like go on like a team and you go on like a vocal lesson type type vibe. And there's this guy named Brian Lucas. I've been going to him since I was 12. And he's been helping me a lot. I kind of in quarantine stopped going as much because like COVID and doing things over Zoom was harder. Um, But he has helped me a lot, a lot with my voice. And I still have my own like tendencies and things that aren't always the most helpful and don't always push my voice in the right direction. So it's still something I need to work on. Um, But that's kind of what I've been with my voice. And so I have to be careful about like how much I felt that it's been better.
0: Well, it's cool that your mom recognized right away that she's not a musician and that she's like, Let, let's do this correctly.
1: She's not a singer. I love her to death. Ugh. She's not a singer. Is there,
0: is there any musical talent in your family? Like, do you know where it came so, from?
1: My, I don't know. She's probably gonna think I'm crazy, but my like, I don't know how to put it, but it's like my dog, sister's cousin's neighbor's brother. But it's like is Dolly it's Dolly like, Parton. Yes, right. It's my is- like my I think it's like my mom's mom's like cousin, son, kid, something like that is Catherine McPhee.
0: And so- Okay, a distant relative.
1: That is like very distant. I, one time when I was like a little, little kid, I met her dad. And that is about all 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 I have, but she's married to David Foster and they have a child together. And I feel like that child is probably gonna be a very talented child. So I'm just glad to be in the corner. Just
0: being yeah. like. <laughs> <laughs> I, I. One thing you know, I don't. I don't want you to explain the whole thing. We don't have like a million my a million years to do it. But how is your your you got the chromesthesia going on? How does that actually aid you in songwriting? Everyone s- says, "Oh, you can see you know sounds become colors that kind of thing." But how does it actually apply to songwriting?
1: I weirdly feel like sometimes it hurts me in some ways because I cannot like songs for the craziest reasons. Like everybody hates me. I love that song. I hate the color. I hate it. I just hate it.
0: What the does it look chorus, like to you? The
1: chorus is so yellow. This chorus is like brighter than this yellow. Like it's just like Easter, just yellow. And I just like, don't know why I just don't like it. But then the like bass part is like great the like, that was yeah. like really good example. Um, but it's like gray. And so I like it, but then it goes yellow. And then like for a second, I had this like, just a, towards the song for no reason, really. Right. Just because of the color that I saw. And so that's sometimes like, I cannot like things just because they come out really, really yellow. And then I'm just kind of like, I'm so sorry, like I I don't like this for a reason that I can't really help. And I've tried some things, like I've tried to change instrumentations, but if the melody's yellow, it's just gonna be yellow. And then the most frustrating thing in the whole entire world is ABC was red. ABC was a red song, that was a red song until Mm -hmm. I brought it to my friend Pete Nappy and then he made the song green and then it was Christmas. The song was right into the chorus hit and then it was Christmas. And I was like, no. <laughs> like, it's just such it's such random things.
0: So what's a what's a pleasing color for a song to be?
1: Blue. I love blue? songs. Like my song Alex is blue, Snow Angels is blue. I also like gray, gray and white, like my like my song Goddess a sense of humor is like white. Um it's kind of more like, I I kind of, some songs that are yellow, I like, I'm not, the I'm like in between with the color yellow. I either love it or I kind of hate it. I don't really know why. Um, I also love when songs are green. That is also my happy place. Like olive green, light pastel and darker
0: blue. Kind of mellow, blue, pleasing colors.
1: Green, orange. That's always really fun. It's just the bright yellow. I write so many bright yellow songs. I don't know why. I don't know why. Probably because I'm obnoxious. And, and
0: it's different for each person. So someone may hear a song and it'll be a different color for them than it is for you. Or
1: yeah, I wish it was synced up. That would be pretty sick.
0: Yeah. Like it's
1: object- like it's just orange. Like it, nobody else can like see. Yeah, it. And
0: everyone knows, everyone that has chromesthesia knows that I this is an orange song.
1: Color. Like this song's orange. Yeah. I wish it was like that. No, it's just like random. It just and I don't it's not like here. I just like I see it. Like I don't know how to put it. Like I just like know it. I see it. And I, and I, the way I really knew is that I had it, is like, even if I don't want to see it, I can't unsee it. It's just there.
0: Interesting. And and it doesn't change. Like a color of the song doesn't change five years from now, ABC won't become purple to you or something like that. It's, it's I, always the same color.
1: I personally haven't experienced that. I do feel like possibly over time, like maybe my perspective and the way I hear things can change, but everything has kind of stayed the same color pretty, pretty much. But that'd be crazy. That'd be crazy.
0: That's interesting. That's interesting. That. Well, we'll, we got to get you out of here in a minute, but before we do, what's next for you? Now, I know you're going to Europe this summer, right?
1: Yes. I'm going on tour with Pink in Europe and the UK, which I'm very excited about.
0: So you were going from touring, opening for Taylor Swift to opening for Pink the craziest thing what in the what in the world's going on here
1: it's just wild i feel like i sacrificed a baby or something just by the way
0: pink (laughs) at the at the iheart awards the other night crushed it freaking crushed it
1: and she had no in-ears that was insane
0: yeah like are you are you do you have you did it take a while for you to get used to like the apparatus and having all the stuff you know
1: yeah I, i recently just got new in-ears and it's crazy how big of a difference it makes it's actually pretty wild because sometimes like like the thing that I feel like nobody you don't really know with stadiums is that it bounces back to you so if I say a word like half a second later it comes back to me and I'm not used to that at all but my new in-ears I can't really hear anything which is nice but it is weird like seeing the crowd and I see people react then I can't hear them at all and then if i take my ears out i can hear them but it echoes back to me so i like hear more of the echo more than them coming at me like it's really interesting
0: um but you
1: get to see everybody that's the one thing i love like you can you can really see every person and um they aren't on when i'm playing but she has these bracelets and you can really like individually see every person and that's really really cool to get to see but i was not used to in-ears i wasn't used to click constantly being on and like hearing myself like really hearing myself when you like the
0: click track are you used to it now
1: i've gotten used to it i was a little sad when i put in in in-ears and like played and i was like and i was 15 when i did that and i was like this is what it's like (laughs) okay like but it's really really important like you have to protect your hearing because like if you can really help yourself try not get tinnitus i think it's something like important especially you can just get really bad vertigo so it's just like something and what's really crazy is like the crowds themselves can just give you hearing damage Like if you're just out in the crowd or if you're on the stage hearing people sing, like you you can hear it for about five minutes till it starts damaging your ears.
0: See, I wouldn't even thought of that. That didn't even occur to me that that would be an issue. I I
1: wouldn't think about it either. I was so like, no ears, like let's go. It's just like you have to to think about it. And the one thing that's worse than not having in-ears in is having one in and one out that's also where it gets you. Cause you're kind of like, Oh, I want to hear the crowd. And then when you're 40 or like, not even when you're 40, like 40 years later, then one ear's ringing and then one's not. And then that's yeah. not going to help you either. You know?
0: Yeah. Well, it's good. You got, you like, no, people know what to do now. It's not like it was like in the sixties or the seventies where people just like blew their ears out. Be so.
1: better. You had no clue. And like, even just in the crowd, you can just damage your ears just being there for like 10 minutes. So doing yeah. that.
0: Hour, yeah. I was at a, Maggie Lindemann show here in LA last week, and and I was right by the by the wall of speakers, and I was like, uh, you know, but it's a lot, it's
1: a lot for your ears, yeah. but yeah. it's yeah, yeah. obviously so fun. But you just have to be careful, care about your ears.
0: I'm looking forward to your master class in ten years. Like, I'm Gail, and I'm going to teach you how to be a rock star.
1: Oh my God, that'd be so fun. <laughs> well, let's hope I'm credible enough to do mm. that one day. We'll see.
0: All right, we'll let you go. Thank you so much for joining me on the show. Thank you. you On tour uh, in the UK. I know you're hitting the UK this summer. And any new music coming out? Um,
1: Soon-ish. I'm putting music out on the tour. I just have some unreleased songs. So I kind of want to see if there's any that's hard. Put out in front of people. Yeah, yeah, try my best.
0: Yeah. All right, Gail, thanks a lot.
1: Thank you so much. I appreciate you.
0: All right, we'll see you later. See ya. All right, bye. All right, guys, thanks for watching and listening. That'll be it for me. Dimmy will be back next show. As always, go to popdust.com for the latest in pop culture and music news. Follow me on Instagram at Jordan Edwards Studio. Follow Dimmy on Instagram at Dimmy underscore Ramos. Until next time, we'll see you later.